This is The Guardian. Today is a revolutionary change in the way we work on the horizon. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, it's Monday, the start of the week. For most of us, there are five long days of work ahead. But what if Monday was actually like Sunday? The last day of your weekend, another day of rest, of doing whatever you want. Or rather, if Monday was Monday, but Friday was always a day off, every week. And every week, you only worked four days. And here's the key bit. Your salary wouldn't change. You'd work fewer days and get paid the same wage each week, every month. I know, it sounds like I'm trying to sell you on some kind of scam here, but there's no catch. It's the four-day week. And though it sounds like a fantasy, around the world, it's starting to catch on. Over the past year, more than 60 British businesses, from fish and chip shops to factories to consultancies and construction, have taken part in a trial where all their staff work fewer hours for exactly the same wage. And now, the results are in. What the staff think, you can probably guess. But what the bosses say, that might surprise you. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, the rise and rise of the four-day week. Joe Ryle, you're the director of the four-day week campaign. Tell me about the, the central mission behind what you're doing. So essentially, you know, we want to see a four-day working week. And what we mean by that is a, is a four-day, 32-hour working week. So it's crucial there's a reduction of hours and... Um, with no loss of pay for workers by the end of this decade. You know, we think with a transition in place, kind of government working alongside business leaders, trade unions, there's absolutely no good reason why we couldn't achieve that. And the pilot results really are a major breakthrough moment for that movement. And we really do think time for a four-day working week has come. It's incredible that the five-day working week is so standard. It's something that most of us have never really questioned. Where did it all come from? The concept of the weekend... um, was only really became a concept towards the end of the 19th century. And before that, everyone used to work six days a week. Sundays would obviously be the kind of holy day, day of prayer. It was actually around sort of 19, between the 1920s and 1940s across the world that the kind of nine to five, five day working week or 40 hour working week became the norm. Largely led by the trade union movement um, who, who orchestrated strikes, demos. And, the, you know, there were supportive business leaders as well, but it was, it was led by the trade union movement. 
And so was it something that businesses were forced to do or did they eventually come to see it as being in their own interests? So there was a, some experiments in some high-profile companies. For mass production and the assembly line, we're now able to bring the price down on all sorts of products, put them within everyone's reach. Henry Ford, the Ford Motor Company in the US, from the first big factories to experiment with a, a kind of shorter working week. And they, they tried this 40-hour working week over five days. And very, very similar to the reflections we've seen in the results out this week, that, you know, the productivity was maintained, workers were better rested, they were working more efficiently in their jobs. And so quite quickly, you know, um, Henry Ford decided this is actually great for the business as well. And so they stuck with it and it started to kind of ripple out from there across the US. Today is Saturday, my work at home day. There's always a million and one things to be done around the house. I get things started while Julia's out doing the shopping. And the interesting thing is that really that was partly designed for a kind of industrial, more agricultural economy that we had at the time. And obviously the world of work has transformed since then, you know, we're 100 years later. But for some bizarre reason, we're still wedded to this very outdated model of working. When that matter's settled, I figure maybe I can get in a little reading before it's time to go to bed. That is, after the radio's turned down a little. What's interesting is that as we've experienced the Industrial Revolution and then the digital one, we've heard predictions that more and more work will become automated and as a result, we'll all be working a lot less. But that hasn't happened. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You know, John Maynard Keynes obviously famously predicted that we'd all be working 15 hours a week by 2030, uh, by the end of this decade. That hasn't come to fruition Um to be frank about it, you know, I think one of the reasons for that is that all of those productivity gains have gone to bosses with more profits. And actually, the four-day working week with no loss of pay is one crucial way in which we can start to claim back our time. You know, we think we're long overdue an update to working hours. We think we're almost owed a four-day working week. Um, and that if we're going to be able to embrace automation, embrace new technology rather than being scared of it, then we're going to have to share work more equally across the economy. So in that setting, June last year, 61 businesses with 2,900 employees in total across the UK started this trial, which you helped to organise in part. Tell me about the plan for this pilot. Yeah, so we wanted to trial a four-day working week on, on a big scale in the UK. We'd, we'd, we'd seen and read the reports and evidence from, from trials that had taken place in other places across the world. And the Iceland government ran a big study in Iceland and there were, there were trials in big companies in Australia, New Zealand, Microsoft trialed it in Japan. Um, I remember speaking at a, a panel event and, and talking about this and someone saying, well, it's, it's all well and good it worked in Iceland, doesn't mean it's going to work here. And I, I remember thinking, you know what, fair enough, we should show that it works here. And so we, yeah, we launched this, this pilot program at the beginning of last year, 2022, um, just launched the fact that we were doing it. And quite suddenly we're kind of inundated with 500, 600 companies registering their interest in taking part. And so we settled on about 60 in the end that were kind of ready to go, ready to start a six-month trial in June last year. And wanted to pick also companies across a different variety of sectors of the economy, so it's not just kind of office-based work. So we had lots of different sectors. There was kind of manufacturing, retail, hospitality, construction. Uh, we had a fish and chip shop taking part, a brewery. And they all moved to a four-day week in slightly different ways. It, yeah, the, the kind of Uniting factors, it was about reducing hours and maintaining pay. But then you know, there was different rotation of days off. Not everyone had the same day off. But yeah, the, the results across the board have been you know, overwhelmingly positive. Almost every mm. company that took part has decided to continue with it at the end of it. 
Simon Ursel, you're the managing director of a landscape consultancy called Tyler Grange, and most of your employees are ecologists doing things like wildlife surveys. What was it that interested you in this idea, which to some people is a revolutionary change in the way that we work? I mean, with the fundamentally, I think running a business is a lot easier when your team are happy. Put it that way. I'm not a, I'm, a, I'm all for carrot. They really enjoy the stick. So we work quite hard on helping our team enjoy work. And a four-day week is one part of that. When we first talked to the team about it, our very best people didn't want to do it. And, th- and you will find this in every organization, I think, which is when you sit down and, and you've got somebody who's doing a five-day week um, and you say, well, should we try a four-day week? And they're thinking, hang on a minute, I'm working my socks off here. I am working really hard to deliver what I'm doing in five days. How the heck am I going to do that in four? Well, tell me about some of those concerns and challenges. Having embarked on this experiment, what kind of changes did you find you had to make to the way that your business operated? Well, it's, I mean, it's continuous improvement, isn't it? So we, we accelerated some of those. We invest quite heavy in technology. We declared war on admin. So they didn't do anything at Tyler Grains that they need to do. We have automated a lot of that business data and business information to try and make sure that an ecologist spends a, as almost 100% of their time, as much of that time as they possibly can, being an ecologist, not filling in a spreadsheet or attending an internal meeting. Our board meetings were two hours long. I, I did one yesterday, actually, and it was 25 minutes. So we, we tend to delegate a lot of authority down, give people the power to make their own decisions. But fundamentally, what we've done, I think, is give them the best possible reward for being productive, which is time. But um, it's intense. It is, it is difficult. It is not an easy thing to do. You've got to put a lot of effort in up front, and it's very scary. So the first challenge is making a decision, actually going for it. That, that's quite frightening. And actually, our first month productivity went down because we were experimenting, trying things out. Some people don't want to do a four-day week, we discovered, at all, and really aren't keen. So a couple of people left and went back to work for companies that do five days. I just don't think it's that helpful to say four-day week's best for everybody. Simon, a lot of people might be listening to this and thinking, well, this is potentially great for staff, it's great for work-life balance, but what about the bottom line? What did you find at Tyler Grange? To put it bluntly, did this affect the amount of money that you made? Oh, we made more money, quite a bit more. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're producing more. We're doing more. The team are better at their jobs. Our clients are happier. Um, I, go, I mean, a happy team is going to be better than a, than a team that's stressed and burned out. It's really difficult to work five days solid. It's, hard, it's really, really hard. So why are you doing it? You've talked about the work side and the adjustment that it took there. I want to know about the time off. Did it, did it take you some time to adjust to having an extra day off? And, and tell me about that. How did you come to get used to the idea that, hey, this is three days and it's here to stay? Yeah, hard. <laughs> really hard. We reckon it takes about three months for a new starter to, to get the hang of it. Hmm. It, it. It isn't particularly easy because well, the, the overwhelming feeling on a Friday morning is guilt. Um, and I still get that now. You feel like you should be working. You're so conditioned to working five days. Just always done it, haven't mm. you? You go to school for five days. And you start school at, what, four or five. And then for the rest of your life, Monday to Friday is work, learning, doing stuff. And weekends is free time. So 
you get up on a Friday morning, you haven't got to work. It sounds glorious, doesn't it? But actually you feel really guilty. Mm. So I've had to find ways not to work. Say I play a bit of golf really badly. So I go on the golf course generally on a Friday morning because I can't take my phone and I can't really think about work because I'm concentrating on playing golf badly. And that helps set up my weekend so that I'm, I'm not working. And it's been revelationary to me personally that I am so much better at my job uh, now. I've seen quite a lot of stuff online around the following week about people saying they work seven days and, all the, and I'm thinking, you're just bad at your job if you're doing that. You definitely are. Stop it. It makes you better at your job, but what about life? What has having an extra day off done for just your sense of, of well-being, for your, for your family life, for your social life? Yeah, huge. It's, it's, it's absolutely huge. I mean, the person has been terrific. I've, uh, I've taken up lots more sort of hobbies and I'm doing things that are different to work. So I'm, I've got different experiences. I'm able to spend more time with my wife and my two boys. Um, it's, it's, it is really lovely. Um, at Tyler Grange, we've always volunteered as well. So in, during the five day week, we gave everybody a day off a month paid to volunteer for things. So now we just say you must volunteer. So everybody at Tyler Greens volunteers. And they do some incredible stuff. I, mean, I, I work for a mindfulness charity that helps young carers. So I, I absolutely love that. Um, but we've got someone called Becky who goes to Ukraine every quarter, drives a van. So she uses her Fridays to organize that, drives a van full of supplies off to Ukraine. We've got, uh, we work with Farms for City Children. That's a charity um, in Gloucestershire that runs a farm for any city kids. So there's a whole load of guys going to be working on that in that on a Friday. So the benefits to society as well as individually, I think, uh, are overlooked here as well, as are the benefits to the environment. Our productivity's gone up, right? So we, we're doing more, but our CO2 emissions have dropped by almost 30%. And that's our, our CO2 emissions are all around transport, so driving cars and vans. And what's happening there is people are being really uber-organized, hyper-organized around doing their surveys. And they're also not going to things that they need to go to. Um, so, yeah, the environmental benefits are, are really, really significant. Just finally, if someone's listening and they're thinking, look, I might give this a go, I might not, they're a bit concerned about it, what advice would you give them about why this is worth having a go at? In terms of advice, do not do it on a whim. Don't wake up in the middle of the night and think, I must do this, and then just go and do it. Uh, wake up in the middle of the night and think, I've got to do this, and then start planning, start engaging with your team. Uh, I think the organizations that have struggled with this are the ones that I, I know of one that announced they were doing a four-day week on the day they started to their team, and that makes me feel stressed now just talking about it. So you need to engage with your workforce. Find out how they want to work, what they think will work. See if you can come up with what you think is the sweet spot for your organization. And there's loads of ways to do it. You don't have to have Fridays off. You can do Mondays off. You can do Wednesdays off. You can do 32 hours um, so across five days. You can split shifts. So you can have half working half the week, half working the other half of the week. You know, I, I, I genuinely think every organization, no matter how big, needs to look at why they're working the five-day week. Jack.
Joe, you say that this pilot has shown that the four-day week can work for a range of companies. Over 90% of the businesses, including Simon's, who participated in the trial are now sticking with it now that the pilot's over. And it's attracted a lot of media attention too. It's hard to imagine these kinds of conversations taking place five or ten years ago. What do you think it is about the time we're living in now that's given this idea so much momentum? Yeah, you know, I, I do think the COVID pandemic has been a catalyst for totally rethinking the world of work. I think that it has been one big positive coming out of it. I think it's it's exposed the fact that, um, you know, we've been working in, in a very outdated model of work for a long time that doesn't work for most people in this country, you know, especially if you've got kids, you know, working nine to five, five day working week. It's, it's very difficult to manage the rest of your life. And in in many ways, you know, we set ourselves up to fail. And I think I think that the signs are that people have had enough, you know, people want change in it. I would also say it does look like there's a generational shift going on because if you look at the polling around a four-day working week, it's pretty popular across the board, but it's more popular of young people. And my sense of it is that the younger generations, you know, don't want their lives to be defined by work in the same way as it has been for their parents' generation, their grandparents' generation. And I think that is a generational shift that's starting to happen. Hmm. When you try to imagine what the future of this idea might look like, are there places other than the UK that you look at that are a little further along the path towards making the four-day week a more normal thing? So Iceland is probably the the first country we should look to because Iceland, um, their trial of a four-day work week was the biggest prize for our one and it was led by the government and the public sector. And as a result of their, their trial, it was so overwhelmingly successful, again, for productivity and for well-being, that as a result, almost 90% of Iceland population has shortened their working week to 34 hours, 35 hours, many doing four-day weeks with no loss of pay. And it's been really successful. So I think Iceland are, are quite quite a way down the line. But um, the UK has a long way to catch up. You know, we do work some of the longest hours in Europe while also having one of the least productive economies. So all these long working hours we're doing aren't making us very productive. Yeah. So the results of this pilot are potentially a big breakthrough. Where to next for the campaign? So there's lots of work to be done. You know, firstly, you know, we, we really want to see a, a national rollout of this across the private sector this year. And we are we've just launched a national rollout program to to support companies in doing that. Secondly, you know, we definitely think there's a there's a role for government to play in this. If we're talking about you know the economy shifting to a four day working week, that's not going to happen without the support of government. And so there's policies which they could immediately adopt. Uh, for example, you know, giving workers the right to request a four-day, 32-hour working week in the first place, and also launching trials in the public sector. We think there's absolutely no reason why that should not be done you know, straight away. Uh, and, and they could also, in the longer term, legislate for a maximum 32-hour working week. Um, we wouldn't want to see that coming overnight. You'd have to have a transition to get there. So the economy shifts together. You know, there's a kind of end goal. Coming up, the obstacles in the way of making the four-day week a reality. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Heather Stewart, you're a Guardian special correspondent who's written about the four-day week pilot that's just come to a close. We've just spoken to Joe, who told us the four-day work week will be a reality within 10 years. Is that true? Uh, Well, I think we're going to see a lot of change in people's working patterns in the coming years. And if you look back to how much change we've seen since the pandemic in the last kind of three years, well, it doesn't look that unlikely that we'll be working in very different ways in 10 years' time. Whether that will be precisely a four-day week or or quite how it will manifest itself, I don't know. But it does feel like it's it's a period of, of quite a lot of change in the way that we organise our working lives. And so I do think it's it's plausible that we will be working quite differently in the in the years to come. The four-day week has been trialled mostly in formal industries where people have set working hours and set days, but that isn't how some people work. We've seen over the past decade the rise of zero-hour contracts where people are paid solely for the hours that they do work, as well as things like the gig economy. And I wonder how embracing something like the four-day week might fit with these other often more exploitative models of work. Yeah, see, I think it's very difficult to see it applying in the short term in in those kinds of bits of the workforce you know there are there are, are thousands of workers for whom the big problem in their lives is is not they'd like a few more hours in the in their week although i'm sure they would it's i'm not being paid enough or i'm having to work at times that of the day and night that i i where i don't want to work or uh, my shifts are being changed at short notice obviously there's a sort of ethos that goes around the four day week which is you know how can we help create a work life balance for our staff and i'm sure workers in a lot of those sectors would would like some of their employers to be thinking in those kinds of ways. But it's it's a bit difficult to see how a four-day week necessarily helps you if, for example, you're one of the Amazon staff that I was talking to when I covered the strike at their Coventry plant recently, who were saying on the wages that we earn, I can't make ends meet on 40 hours a week. 
cutting those people down to four days a week. I'm sure they would love to be able to earn enough in four days to, to uh, you know, feed their kids and buy their school uniforms and all the other things, pay the bills. But cutting their working week to four days doesn't, you know, that's not the lever that is going to help those people. So I do think it is, it's much harder to make it applicable, I think, to quite a few sectors. It's not to say there wouldn't be considerable gains from trying to rethink people's working lives and working patterns. And, you know, wouldn't it be great to get to a world where more of those kinds of jobs could be done? I'm thinking of sort of picking and packing in um, distribution centres or whatever. Maybe more of that could be done by robots and maybe the human's role in it it could be less sort of intense and hard than it is at the moment. And, you know, maybe you could have humans working shorter working weeks, et cetera, et cetera. But it feels to me like we're we're really quite a long way from that. And and certainly the the attitude and approach of the companies involved is is very, very different to to that of those who took part in this pilot. So I I think, you know, there are bits of the economy it seems really readily applicable to. And you sort of think there's no reason why they couldn't do it absolutely now. And and there are other bits of the economy where there are big, big problems and and injustices. and, And it's not clear that this is the particular lever that you would pull first, I suppose. I mean, given, as you say, that this study was self-selecting, the businesses that took part in it opted to join the pilot. You know, maybe they was, maybe it was skewed towards companies who were already thinking about a four-day week or who were pretty progressive. Given that potential limitation, how convinced were you by the results of the pilot? I mean, I was quite convinced in the sense that it, it, I was impressed at how high a proportion of the companies, more than 90%, decided to carry on. The companies that I spoke to, um, I spoke to three different companies that had taken part and all of them had had to sort of surmount issues. You know, it hadn't. it's not something that you just do overnight and, you know, it works straight away. There are lots of different sort of hurdles you have to get over. And you, the, the bit that really struck me was that you really have to rethink the way that you work. And that's, that's the sort of, you, you can't just sort of sash everybody's hours and hope to get the same amount of work out of them. You have to sort of try and cut unproductive bits out, you know, whether it's unproductive meetings, or, you know, thinking very carefully about which bits of the job people need to do and which bits of bureaucracy you might be able to cut out. And and actually, that's the bit that might be applicable, even in, for example, things like public services or care or, you know, things where you you sort of think, well, it's it's a very long way away from being possible. But, you know, there might well be ways of working more efficiently or ways where tech might help you to work more efficiently, you know, that, that help a bit in those sectors, even if you can't sort of cut it down to to four days. So yeah, I mean, of course, the people who took part in this trial wanted it to work, right? But um, and you, it would be very different if you tried to sort of impose it, I think. So given now that we have all of these examples and a growing evidence base that this could potentially work, what would be the pathway towards making it a reality across the UK? Well, so in theory, you could legislate, right? You could say 32 hours a week is the standard working week. That seems like a very big jump to me. We don't have in legislation, a standard working week. It's it's up to companies and staff to contract between them. You know, there is a, there is a maximum 48 hours that you're supposed to work in the week under the EU working time directive. There are members of the Conservative Party that would like to scrap that or make it a sort of benefit of Brexit that we can all work more than 48 hours a week. But um, look, it would be a really big jump from where we are today, which is it's up to you, really, how many hours you work and how many hours you get paid overtime for, to the government says you could you should only be working 32 hours a week and i i just can't see really i can't certainly can't see the conservatives going for it but i can't really see labor either wanting to do something that was as interventionist as that but i think the most likely in terms of this spreading it's likely to be through the sort of power of example 
Mm -hmm. The people behind this pilot took it to MPs last week. How was it received? And is there any significant political support for a four-day week at the moment? So I think there are backbenchers who are interested in it. I mean, under Jeremy Corbyn, Labour was quite interested in this idea. And the shorter working week that we aspire to will be funded and paid for through productivity increases, as indeed the effectively shorter working week that has developed over many years will happen as a result of that. But it is surely only right that we as a country look at ourselves, look at the stresses we have. Didn't find its way into a manifesto, but John McDonnell who was then Shadow Chancellor, certainly was interested in it and talked about it quite a bit. I struggled to see it being adopted as a, as a policy by Labour in the manifesto. I could be wrong, but I, I, it doesn't feel like where things are, are headed. Um, although, uh, you know, what they could do is is talk about encouraging flexible working and, and you know, maybe, as I say, using using legislation to try and make that a bit more widespread. Speaking broadly, though, it feels like we've lived through an era of the past few decades where workers' rights have generally been eroded. You know, the policy has been whatever the market wants. I mean, it's been something that favours efficiency and productivity and all these things that don't generally trickle down to benefiting employees. But even the fact that this is under discussion and that we're talking about different ways to work seems like it's an exciting time. I mean, there's potentially opportunities here to deliver improvements that will really benefit the majority of people. Yeah, I I think it is exciting. And I think it's partly the pandemic that sort of opened up possibilities that would have been absolutely unthinkable and that we would still would still be unthinkable if we hadn't had that sort of strange period where we all or many people work from home. Also, you have to remember that in terms of the labour market, the constant on tap flow of low paid workers for quite a number of years uh, from the EU um, that's now no longer the case. The new system is you can bring people in if they've got the skills and if they if they earn a certain wage. You you cannot just bring in or you know people don't just arrive to live and work here to do lots of those sort of lower paid jobs. And so you've got employers in a, in a very different situation having to decide. Okay, how do we? What do we do? How do we fill those jobs? What do we have to do to get the right staff for these jobs? And that that's quite a different situation that we've not really seen for a long time. And I think to some extent that that kind of changes the power dynamic. And it does. It, it means lots of companies are are having to have a sort of rethink about how they use people in their business. Just at the same time as a lot of employees are are maybe thinking, well, there are other things that re- that are important to me. I, although we have to bracket that by saying. There are lots of people who've completely missed out on all of this, who were doing, as you as you mentioned earlier, very precarious jobs on low wages. And what they need is a higher minimum wage and they need sort of regulation, legislation to sort of lift them up from the from the bottom. This sort of ferment is not is not necessarily reaching the sort of bottom of the labour market. But I, I agree with you. I think it's a really, really interesting time. Simon, just finally, I'm wondering how far this goes. Like if someone says to you, I can do three days a week and I'll be even more productive and I'll, I'll deliver for the bottom line of the business, let me have a go at it. Is there a point at which you'd say, listen, we have to just accept that there's a certain amount of days we need to work every week? Well, it's a sweet spot, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're certainly talking about that. Um, nobody wants to do it, though, at Tardic Range. You could go to a three-day, maybe. I, I, at the moment, would feel quite stressed about that personally because I think the level of change we would have to go through to do that would be would be pretty hard. But it's not about doing the same job in less time. I think that's what people really struggle with. They seem to think that you're just doing the same, exactly the same thing in four days rather than five. 
I mean, that's not what it is, is it? It's about becoming more productive and having an amazing incentive to become more productive, which is this time and all the benefits we've talked about. Simon, thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience with us. Yeah, no worries. Enjoyed it. That was Simon Ursel, whose landscape consultancy, Tyler Grange, was part of the four-day week trial. Thanks so much to him, as well as to Joe Ryle, the director of the four-day week campaign, and to Guardian special correspondent, Heather Stewart, whose coverage of this topic you can find at theguardian.com. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Alex Atak. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. And we'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.